Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Hello, hello, hello. It's Wendy welcoming you to episode 25 of See You on the Other Side. Man, these episodes are flying by. I can't believe we're already 25 in. I'm just stopping in real quick here today to say hello and thank you for listening. And as you know, we are big fans of fiction and science fiction fantasy here at See You on the Other Side. And today Mike's talking to an author who actually talks to superheroes. Not the fictional kind, not the ones in books, but the actual people on the streets who don the cape and the mask get out there and risk themselves and their lives to look out for the better good of the community. So without further ado, take it away, Mike. All right. Uh, We're here with Milwaukee freelance writer T. Krulos, and uh, he's got a a variety of interesting projects going on, Uh, but the one... Uh, that we thought we'd start out with today is um, his journey into the real-life superhero movement, and that's with his book, Heroes in the Night. Hi, T. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, It's always good to see um, Wisconsin weirdness, uh, and we'll always always raise the banner for that uh, as as much as we possibly can. Yeah. But... um, what got you into this kind of stuff in the first place? I know you've got a soft spot for weird stuff uh, in your heart, and um, we're you know just always interested in you know what ignited that fire in you that got you interested in and got that bug going for you. Well, I mean, this is a lot of stuff that I uh, liked as um, a kid. Uh, I like reading books about UFOs and Bigfoot. I like superhero comic books. Uh, I've always liked weird kind of stories. When I became a, a teenager, I was kind of into punk rock and just uh, really liked anything that was out of the ordinary or strange. So, Are you from Wisconsin originally? Yeah, uh, I was born in Milwaukee and raised mostly in the suburb of Port Washington. I also lived in West Bend briefly before I moved back to Milwaukee when I turned 18. Okay, no, great. Our, uh, the, the drummer in our band, Wendy, who's often on this podcast with me, um, is from Mequon. So Oh, yeah, okay. Plenty familiar yeah. with the Port Washington area. Yeah, yeah. So you got into this stuff, um, and, you know, what was, what was the first time you, like, heard or saw of uh, one of the real-life superheroes, and, and when did that kind of click? Yeah, um, well, that was in 2009. Um, I I freelance in Milwaukee. I do a lot of freelancing, so I've written articles for a lot of the local newspapers and magazines. Um, so I'm always kind of keeping my eyes and ears open for an interesting story. In 2009, there's a syndicated column called News of the Weird, which um, I love to read You know, while I'm mm-hmm. waiting for my bus or drinking coffee. And uh, there was a very short blurb that just said something that there was this, this group of people that called themselves real-life superheroes and that they actually adopted their own personas and, uh, you know, went out and did stuff on the street. And I thought, wow, that's 
this sounds really crazy and, <laughs> and dangerous. Yes. Uh, but I kept thinking about that, you know, for the rest of the day. I was like, wait a minute, what? I never heard of this. What's this all about? So my curiosity got the better of me, and I, I sat down with Google and, and looked up Milwaukee real-life superheroes, hoping that I could find someone that I could meet up with and maybe write a short article about. Um, I did find a guy named The Watchman who had a MySpace page. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> which was funny in itself. Uh, so I contacted him and said, I'm really interested in this, you know, I, I want to meet up with you and, and hear what you're all about. Well, what was his, so, I mean, what was his MySpace page like? You know, was it, uh, was it that, I mean, you have a pic, you have pictures of the Watchmen on your site. And uh -huh. so, and so for anybody listening, um, the Watchmen patrols River West. Yeah. Which is uh, kind of a gentrifying area of Milwaukee, I'd say. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, you know, it's turning into a real, or kind of is a, a hip kind of place. You'll see a lot of mustaches. There's a lot of PBR being drank in that area. Right. And, and right. so, um, and let's, you know, let's just describe the Watchman really quick. Because his picture, his picture is brilliant. Yeah, uh, the Watchman patrols. He wears a, a red rubber cowl. Uh, he has red leather gloves, and then he usually has like a, a trench coat, and underneath a, a spandex shirt with a W symbol on it. Um, you know, he kind of switches it up sometimes, but yeah, and he wears combat boots. And um, but he's got that red mask over the top of his head. Yeah. Which, yeah. You, know, you just see this, like, goatee, you know, like, white guy goatee yeah. underneath. And it's perfect. Like, I'm thinking, yeah. you know, if I, back when I had a goatee, if I was, you know, that would be, look like me with a red mask on with a superhero. And it's just, um, I just, so, like, did his MySpace page have people, like, were, were people commenting on it, whatever, like, save me, Watchmen, or, you know, what's going on, Redhead? You know, what, what kind of things were on there? Well, you know, mostly uh, his MySpace friends were other real-life superheroes. Okay. So there was, it's kind of a, if you look at, and now most of them have switched from MySpace to Facebook. You can find them on Facebook. And the funny thing is, it's a conversation like you would normally see on Facebook, except all the little avatars are people wearing costumes, you know. So it's kind of surreal, you know. It's like a comic, comic book social network mashup. Sure. It's like when people put uh, images up or, you know, they, they, they put up stuff where it's like fake Facebook conversations between Batman and Superman um, yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Or like when they have those, you know, the text message between Thor and Captain America or whatnot, you know. So, no, that's, that's great. And so you, you send him a message like, hey, did you, did you, how did you approach a real-life superhero knowing that, you know, you're, you're riding the line and you don't want to make fun of the person – you want to actually yeah. take them seriously. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's a it's an approach that I've kind of refined over the years. You know, you just you want to go in and talk to someone and and be honest, but you know, be respectful. And so I said, you know, I'm I'm really interested in what you do, and, and I was. And it, you know, you mentioned River West where he patrols, and uh, I actually I live in that neighborhood too. Okay. And I like the neighborhood. But it, it's gritty, you know. There, crime happens there, and um, 
I've been fortunate enough, fortunate enough that it hasn't happened to me, but I've had friends who have been who have been mugged or you know had their cars broken into. All yeah, sorts of things. we we used to play at the uh, Mad Planet. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, and you know I heard about someone getting shot outside of Mad Planet not too long ago. Even. Oh, and there were so, stories that there were stories of people like bands carrying out their equipment, which was worth you know several thousand dollars. And the muggers were like, give me the cash you made from the show. And obviously the muggers don't realize the musicians make like $50 from the show. So right. they, could, they could have grabbed the amp or the guitar and sold it for $1,000, but instead got like $100 from the band. Yeah. So, so anyway, you know, when, when I heard about this, I was like, well, this is kind of a strange idea. But I was like, but maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe it's an idea that will work. And uh, so I was curious about that, you know. Just um, would having someone dressed up like a superhero patrolling the streets of River West make a difference? Uh, so you know, I told him I was interested in in talking about all that, and we set up a meeting in River West actually at, at Gordon Park one night. Okay. And uh, it was just this kind of brilliant moment where I'm I was freezing, uh, walking around this park, and then. He pulled up in his car and got out and started walking towards me in his watchman outfit. And it didn't really hit me until then where I was like, wow, this this is really happening. (laughs) (laughs) Right. What kind of, I mean, it wasn't like a special kind of souped up mobile or anything. Like what kind of of car was it? Just a regular Pontiac, you know. Okay. Okay. Because I know when we talk about the the Great Lakes Alliance, you know, and you talk about some of the missions you went on with those, and we'll get there. It's like when you're reading the book, it's like, and so then we all jumped in the minivan. And it just, it's not like the X plane or something like that. You know, it just makes it feel like, yeah. And, and you know, so we got in the grocery getter and then went to the villain's lair. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, these guys, um, they don't have anything mind boggling. It's uh, just, you know, normal homemade type of field to what they do. Right. And and so you meet up um, with the watchman and like how, you know, what was the patrol like? Was he just like, you know, like just, hey, we're just going to walk the streets. We're going to, you know, check everything out. Well, the, the first meeting, you know, we just wanted to meet up in person so we could talk. Um, and I don't think either of us really knew what to make of each other. Sure. Like I, I didn't, you know, these guys are suspicious of writers, and, and they should be, because a lot of writers just want to rip them. And I didn't know. I was like, maybe this guy is totally crazy. But uh, I met up with him, and we talked for a long time that night, and I really liked him. I was like, you know, he's certainly quirky, doing something unusual, but a lot of the stuff he was saying I felt was really heartfelt, and I kind of understood uh, where he was coming from. So, uh, you know, after I talked to him and kind of checked out some of the other real life superheroes, that's when I decided that I would want to write a book and that I thought that there was enough material to write a book. So, uh, after that, I started hanging out with the watchman quite a bit. I went on, uh, quite a few patrols with him. Um, I also, he did some charity events that I participated in too. But, uh, you know, and that, that was a, kind of the funny thing was we did a lot of 
patrols in River West. You know, I did at least a dozen patrols with them while I was working on the book, and we didn't really run into anything. Well, that's good. That's good. At least, and maybe he's the the job is getting done. Yeah. Right. So, right. did you report? Like, was there anything to report? I know. I know that he can't, like one of his things was he like the watchman is more about reporting. Like, if he sees, you know, yeah. he's not going to just try to beat somebody up, like in the movie yeah. Kick Ass or something. He's more about the neighborhood watch kind of thing. The, the watchman, like, right? Yeah, that, that's really how I describe what they do. I'm like, it's it's like a neighborhood block watch, except uh, the guys like comic books and they wear superhero outfits. So, um, yeah, he, he and his team, eventually, when I first talked to him, he was kind of the only real-life superhero, but then one of the cool things was he developed this t- Milwaukee team called the Challengers. And uh, they had a, a more mellow approach to it, I think, as far as being more of, like, looking for crime to report, doing charity events, uh, handing out supplies to homeless people. They weren't, like, um, they were unlike, I met another real-life superhero in Seattle named Phoenix Jones, and he was very kind of aggressive about running in and trying to, you know, mediate crime that he saw. Well, I, I saw Phoenix Jones. Okay, so we should we should describe Phoenix Jones because his his suit is pretty tough looking. Like he's got a good look. You know, he he's got a good looking outfit. Yeah, uh, yeah, he does. Um, his original uh, costume was kind of low rent, but he uh, invested a lot and got this kind of form fitting rubber suit um, that covers his whole body. You know, and part of his I know part of his thing is he wears a bulletproof vest and everything and right and he's not afraid to mix it up like there's something on um the real life superhero blog where uh after the super bowl last year uh phoenix jones got you know he got some fire damage on the thing oh yeah yeah yes he uh there was rioting in the streets and people had started a bonfire in the street and he tried to extinguish the fire and uh, some of the people partying or rioting or whatever threw something that was on fire at him and, and burnt part of his suit. So, yeah, it's a crime intervention or, you know, do-it-yourself crowd control. It can be a dangerous thing. Absolutely sure. can be a dangerous thing. And, and in your experience, what has been the law enforcement attitude towards real-life superheroes? Uh, I think reaction has been mixed, and it depends a lot on what the real-life superhero or real-life superhero team is doing. Um, a lot of cops kind of have the attitude of, we appreciate that you're trying to help us out, but um, we don't want you to cause more of a problem, you know, mm-hmm. or get yourself hurt. Um, so a lot of uh, police officers, I think, are kind of cautious and say, you know, um, leave the crime fighting to us. So you, uh, some are a little friendlier and we'll we'll pose for pictures and stuff with them, and some are a little more aggressive. Like you should go home now. Okay, so that's that's what I was wondering. In what cities do you think they're more amenable to real life superheroes than others? Like if you were, let's say. You were somebody like you know what I kind of I kind of want to get involved in this. 
um, yeah. where would you where would you be like? Well, this place would be a great place, and this place wouldn't. Uh, Milwaukee, the the reaction has been really good. Um, Seattle, there's a lot of police who don't like Phoenix Jones. Um, hmm. Other cities, it's kind of, really kind of mixed. And I know that um, you spend a lot of time when you were working on Heroes in the Night. Um, you spent a lot of time in Minneapolis. And yeah, uh, I went up there, I think, three times while I was working on the book. And I think that it really gets interesting. And I, you know, as I'm reading it, the book and everything, I'm, I'm in downtown Minneapolis. So I'm enjoying all of these you know, places that you're talking about, walking by and the bridges and stuff like that, because I'm looking at them outside the window. And when we talk about like you know superheroes communicating with each other, and, and this is something that's in pop culture a lot lately because they're working on the Batman versus Superman movie and, and the Justice League, and obviously Avengers Two is coming out in May. Um, so superhero team ups, um, and and in Minneapolis is where you came for the team up of the Great Lakes Alliance. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it, it's great because in the comic books, you know, the Justice League can all kind of beam themselves into the same, you know, right. Justice meeting place or something. But uh, the Watchmen started this kind of Midwest team along with Razorhawk, who's from Minneapolis, and Geist, who's from Rochester. And uh, you know, in order to meet up, those guys kind of commute because Milwaukee is a good six hours away from Minneapolis. Oh yeah. You know, and Rochester's, I don't know, maybe like an hour and a half or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a, it's an effort, but, um, it's like any sort of, uh, group of people who are very passionate about something. They enjoy meeting up with each other and, and walking around patrolling all night and, uh, talking about their various techniques and stuff like that. Well, you know, what, what did you, you know, when you actually saw them together, and you go into detail in the book where you talk about the Celtic Viking, you know, and, and the Celtic Viking versus Razor Hawk versus oh, yeah. the Watchmen and everything. When you, when you see them all together, and, you know, we always have that, like, well, Batman and Superman have, a, have like a little bit of a tiff, you know, they have a rivalry. And, you know, superheroes always have, you know, the, the way they interact and, and the drama between them. Um, yeah. Could you sense any kind of, you know, drama in the organization between people that may be more serious versus people that may be more jovial versus people that may be more, you know, like, let's go get the bad guys versus let's call the police? Oh, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Um, it's kind of legendary within the, the real life superhero community. Um, not, I, I should uh, clarify, not the people like the Great Lakes Alliance. They, um, sure. they get along well with each other. But yeah, there are, are, are individuals and groups that just absolutely despise each other terribly, terribly. And it's for a lot of reasons. Um, difference in methods and arguments over that. There's some that say, you know, Superheroes should only do things like uh, charity events and others say only crime fighting. But a lot of the argument is just simply over ego, I think. Um, there is a certain amount, there's a certain sort of weird ego that goes into something like this. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. 
there's kind of a um, people get a little angry or jealous with each other if um, like let's say one individual gets more media attention or is is more popular or something like that there's um there's a little bit of that social drama uh, involved in this but yeah there's been some pretty famous rivalries um, between individuals and teams and uh, it's kind of funny but it's kind of sad at the same time you're like you know even these superheroes can't stand each other <laughs> right well I mean <laughs> these guys are I mean these guys and girls are absolutely brave because it, yeah. it, it the, you are completely putting yourself out there and I mean I guess as you know that as a writer I know that as an entertainer and a musician that you create something you know and then you give it to the public for either a thumbs up or a thumbs down you know it's that it goes out there and either people like it or they don't like it but with writing or with music you can always write another song or be like okay this book didn't work out we're gonna we're gonna move on to this one with these characters these guys are they're giving personalities they're giving themselves not just work like it is that it is their person that is presented so I think they're really laying a lot on the line yeah. when it comes to that. And, and so I, you know, I'm surprised that not just that they, that they, uh, get, that they get along at all. You know, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. seems like there's a, there's a lot uh, invested in there. You know, when I was yeah. reading about the, one of the adventures you went on with these guys, when you went out with Razorhawk and the Celtic Viking and everything, was when you went in search of the smiley face killers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and for the for people who might not be familiar with the Smiley Face Killers, along the Mississippi River, for you know the past couple of decades, there's been a rash of young guys, you know, like 19 to 25, all healthy, fairly athletic, blonde hair usually, um, are getting you know they're they're getting found dead in the river after a night out. Uh, where they end up wandering out alone and in doing things that are completely outside of their, you know, that people think are completely outside of their behavior. Like one time in St. Paul, a guy went out after, it was at his birthday party, you know. He leaves his own birthday party and they find him in the river a few weeks later. Am I kind of, am I capturing that right, you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's mysterious. It's, um... Uh, it's kind of this theory that they came up with that it might be like a, a gang of serial killers doing this. But, you know, I don't know. It's um, It's been kind of a controversial theory because uh, some people say it's legit and other people say, you know, it's more of a conspiracy idea. Right. And and the idea is that they, they leave a smiley face, you know, either in a, a drawing or a sticker or something by where these people would have entered the river. Mm -hmm. And right. so that's just, you know, just for some background on it for people listening. And that, that the Smiley Face Killers will get their own uh, episode onto themselves sometime. But you guys went out hunting for them, you know, one night where you're just patrolling along the river. And how did that go? Yeah, uh, well, well, that happened because one uh, college kid had gone missing. And uh, so Razorhawk had the idea that um, instead of doing like a street patrol, 
we would do sort of a patrol in the area where he disappeared, hoping that we could either A, find some evidence or maybe even find the kid who was missing because was, his body was still missing at that point, or B, find any sort of evidence uh, that would be like, you know, a smiley face, something like that. So we uh, we spent a long night walking around in the woods, and um, we didn't find anything uh, anything noteworthy. But, I mean, he put the effort in. Right. Trying to work. Yeah. And did you guys so, have, like, what did you guys talk about? Like, was it, what would be a conversation on the investigation? And what kind of equipment? Like, did anybody have any superhero-ish? Did, was there any utility belts used? Yeah, a lot of these guys have kind of a utility belt, but it's it's pretty commonplace stuff. Some of them will carry pepper spray. They usually have flashlights. Um, nothing too extravagant for most of them. Some of them have some kind of crazy inventions that they've come up with. But, uh, yeah, pretty normal stuff, flashlights, stuff like that. So, um, you know, you didn't just stay to the Midwest, though, when you were working on the book, right? Like, yeah. you know, you went all over the country to different places besides just uh, the upper Midwest. And, and where, do you, where do you think you found the strongest kind of um, real-life superhero movement? Like, where, like, what cities do you think we're like, well, these... These guys have it going on. Yeah, um, that was fun. I got to travel around a little bit over the... I worked on the book from... I started in 2009, and I wrapped it up in 2012. So um, That's, a, that's I, a good chunk of your life, man. So that's a, it's a yeah. real project. Yeah, I, was, I really immersed myself in it a lot. And, you know, whenever I could get some time off and money together... Uh, because at the time, I didn't have a publisher for the book, even. I was just kind of, you know, hoping it would all pay off right. at some point. So I was just using my own money, and I went and spent like a weekend in Brooklyn, and uh, I went to a real-life superhero conference in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Uh, I went to Seattle and Vancouver, Portland, San Diego. So I got to see meet a wide range of different people involved in the movement and a lot of different approaches. And everyone was different, and, and there's different interesting things about everyone I met. But, you know, definitely some really memorable stuff would be the New York Initiative in Brooklyn. They're kind of a, a grittier, darker type of um, crime prevention group. And, uh, like, they do patrols on longboards, and um, they're a very interesting group. Seattle, Phoenix Jones was uh, pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I really enjoy my trip to Vancouver because the, the guy up there, there's one guy in Vancouver, and his name is Thanatos, and he is a Vietnam vet in his 60s, you know, and uh, his focus is more on helping homeless people out there. And, uh, you know, I was really kind of impressed with him. He's a very kind-hearted guy. And what kind of, what kind of outfit does Thanatos wear? I mean, because just the, the and, I mean, Thanatos in the comics, obviously, uh, you know, I mean, that's, uh, like, what kind of, I mean, that's got to be a dark outfit, a heavy outfit. Like, what's he, what's he got? 
Yeah, um, and and this was kind of a well, it ended up being a humbling moment for me because his costume is really pretty creepy. It's a, a green skull mask. Uh, his costume is a lot like Rorschach from um, Watchmen. Okay. He's got like a, a fedora and a trench coat, and then he wears this green skull mask, and um, he has a, a tie with skull and crossbones on it. And uh, I was like, this guy, he looks pretty creepy, and I don't know... Um, I don't know about this idea he has of like going and talking to homeless people. Right, you're gonna uh, you're gonna freak him out. Yeah, right. But uh, I was kind of surprised and, and a little bit humbled to see that when I went out with him, like he was kind of a street legend in Vancouver. Uh, all the homeless people knew who he was, and they knew his name, and, and knew that he was there handing out stuff. So, and they all liked seeing him. Okay. So it was weird, and it it was kind of cool, you know. He's a he's like a a street legend up there. And like, does he? You know, he just what does he do with you know homeless? Like, he'll does he just uh, you know see how they're doing, making sure nobody's like ODing or that somebody hasn't disappeared, kind of thing. Yeah, he um, he does all that. He he uses his own money, and he buys like uh, things of big packages of bottles of water and um, he gets like tarps and blankets and food and he drives around and, and hands those out to people and just stops and talks with them, sees how they're doing. If he can help them in some other way, he does. And uh, he's just kind of a, a friendly yet spooky looking figure. No, that's, I mean, that's really awesome. It, it's, it's funny when you said the first, when you said like, well, his outfit's kind of like Rorschach. The, the, for some reason, the first thing I heard was Horshack. So I was like, his outfit's kind of like Horshack from Welcome Back, Cotter. And I just pictured, I'm like, oh, I got, I don't know if that's creepy, weird. Yes. Yeah. Um, but no, that was just the, the first thing I thought. You know, so I, I just want to recommend anybody who's interested in this kind of stuff. Uh, definitely check out Heroes in the Night inside the real life superhero movement because it really does go into like you have these you know you go on missions with these guys you go on patrols with these guys and it's not just a book that's you know making fun of people it's a book that really goes into what it takes for people like Thanatos or Phoenix Jones or Razor Hawk or the Watchmen to get out there in the world you know to be that kind you know to, to be brave and I think it's a nice, honest look at that. So uh, we were talking a little bit about this in the, in the pre-interview, but you know, you started the book in 2009. It published in 2013. I mean, there's blogs and, and there's articles that come up about this sometime. Um, but you know, superheroes are more in the culture now than they've ever been at any other time. And this is the, you know, this is the only book. That's really, I think, tackled the real life superhero movement in, in this kind of way. So they must have read it. You know, yeah. did, did everybody involved? I mean, they must have read it. Now, what was you know what was your the reaction to the book when they saw it? You know, like when they were like, "Hey, I did." Some people feel like, "Hey, you, you made me look like a jerk," or were they like, "I think you really had an honest, balanced look at people like me." Um, overall, I would say that the reaction uh, was pretty positive. Um, I think that people appreciated that I was trying to do an honest portrayal. So, um, I mean, there's some, some kind of ugly moments, 
with some of the ideas that uh, some real-life superheroes have. But at the same time, you know, my goal is never to ridicule them or trying to write a piece that was just going to take them apart, you know? I am. I like what a lot of them do. I don't think it's a flawless movement. I think it's probably like any group of people. There's some people that have good intentions and are, are doing a cool thing, and then there's other people who uh, are in it for the wrong reasons, probably. So reaction overall has been really positive. Um, you know, there's a couple people who have made comments that they don't like the way that they were portrayed. But uh, those have been very few. If you look at origin stories for superheroes, you know, it's always got something with that, you know, Batman, I mean, spoiler alert, Batman's parents were killed. Uh, and, uh, you know, Spider-Man lost his uncle. And, you know, Superman is an orphan that was adopted into, you know, Kansas, a Kansan family. Superheroes in the comic books have, you know, there's a common theme a lot of times running through their origins. Do you feel that there was a common theme in the real-life superhero movement uh, running through the origins or the, the intentions of these guys? Yeah, I think overall for... I mean, there's various reasons why people would get into it. I, I think some, honestly, were just bored and it, it seemed like a cool idea. Um, but I think what I found for a lot of people is they're just kind of sick of... Uh, watching the news and seeing all the bad things happening and being kind of powerless. So this is kind of a empowering uh, way to try to make the world a better place. And for a lot of them, I think it's a little bit about self-improvement. Like they want to be a better person and, and this is something that speaks to them as to how to do that. So I, I haven't uh, encountered dramatic origin stories, you know, like Batman or Spider-Man. Okay. But it's a lot of people, I think, that are just kind of tired of being apathetic and uh, want to have a hobby that helps other people out. For somebody who might be interested in getting into the real-life superhero movement, you know, like we, like we said, comic books and, you know, superheroes are bigger than they've ever been. That's, I mean, the biggest movies every year have been superheroes for the past, you know, three, four years. What would you... Uh, recommend or you know what advice would you give to somebody that says like hey I I love this stuff and I want to make myself better or I want to help my community what what would you what would you recommend to them um, I would recommend you know seeing if there are active real life superheroes in your area or maybe like trying to find a couple of friends so you can have a small team and um, you know, don't don't shoot for trying to do something in the comic books. Just try to shoot for something that uh, makes your community a better place, you know? I mean, I, I really love seeing groups of superheroes that use their flashy personas to kind of uh, draw attention to them doing a charity event or something like that, or um, groups that try to work with their, their neighborhoods and communities. I think those are the success stories. I think the, the failures are guys who think they're going to be Batman and are, like, cruising around the streets by themselves, you know. Have there been any particular cases or crimes that have been, you know, solved that are directly attributable to any of the real-life superheroes? Is there anything, um, you know, that strikes you that you're like, no, this is, 
this makes it all worth it? Any anything you know of? Yeah, um, nothing major, but I know that some real life superheroes have reported crimes, and and police have uh, made arrests based on on those. You know, so I think there's some minor success stories here and there. And this, I mean, that, this is obviously a popular topic. Now, you're um, going to be doing a panel at the Madison Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so, which superheroes? Uh, did you bring with you to do on the panel? Like, what's what? What can pe- you know? What what are people expecting? Um, I'm going to be meeting up there with Electron and Adsum, and and they are two real life superheroes from the Lacrosse area. And also, the Remnant and Smash Cat are a couple, and they are real life new real life superheroes, and they are from the Madison area here. So um, I'll have the four of them, and uh, wait, there's real yeah. life superheroes in lacrosse. Yeah, um, Electron is from Madison, but he moved up to lacrosse. Uh, I think a year year or two ago. Wow, I, I've met him. I've met him um, quite a few times, and wrote about him briefly in my book. The other three are all pretty new to this, so that's uh, kind of. Have you seen their outfits yet, or anything? Like, did you? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Remnant wears kind of a, a gas mask and a trench coat. That's terrifying. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Smash Cat has kind of just um, kind of a goth punk rock look, and um, Electron's got this uh, kind of. Well, he he's actually changed a couple times, but he has usually has like a yellow and white type of either body armor or sometimes he wears like a suit and tie, depending on his mood. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, um, they're way into it. And I think what I'm going to focus on today is just talking to them about what inspired them to get involved and what they hope to do with it. Yeah. And that, no, that's, that's really exciting. You know, lacrosse just, and that's, lacrosse is another place that, um, the smiley face murder club, that's where people have also gone into the river. So I hope that Electron ends up catching one of those guys sometime or maybe saving somebody who's going to fall in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that's great. And you've done this at different, like you did one of these panels in Chicago, right? To at the Chicago, like Wizard World? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I, I did Wizard World Chicago and uh, Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, uh, C2E2. Uh, and I did the Minneapolis Wizard World, actually, too. And um, when you when you brought out to those, like Chicago, I mean, we know Minneapolis, but Chicago has some superheroes as well, real life? Yeah. Um, they have a, a small team there called Patch. Uh, there's maybe, I don't know, four or five guys. Okay. Any particularly good outfits or anything like that that you remember from Patch? Um, yeah. I mean, um, they are all like pretty typical real-life superhero, you know, spandex, face masks. Um, uh, some has the that uh, the look that Thanos has that I mentioned is pretty popular. Um, trench coat and a fedora, classic, you know, pulp detective. Sure, um, it's like the shadow or something. Yeah, uh, Crimson Callus was a member of that team. I don't think that she might not still be active, but she had a great costume. It was very colorful, uh, very flame colored. You know, she had this uh, a lot of 
red hair and, and red goggles. It's pretty cool. Sweet. And I know in, in your book, you know, I'm just talking about different superhero teams in different cities. And your book, you know, you talk about the different cities in the United States. But also, the real-life superhero movement isn't something that's just limited to the United States. I mean, there's, there's teams all over the world, right? Yeah, I, um, I love hearing about those. It's, it's always very interesting. And uh, one of the great things about working on that book is I get messages from random people, new people who are, who are involved in this. So, like last year, uh, there's a new team in Germany, and uh, their team leader sent me an email and told me about his team. But, uh, yeah, it's mostly in the United States, but um, they pop up here and there. Uh, like I just mentioned, there's a new team in Germany. There's, um, there's some British real-life superheroes. There's uh, maybe three or four that I know of in Australia. So Now that you're known as like the bard and the storyteller of the real-life superhero movement, you know, are you getting, like you said, that the, the leader of the team in Germany approached you, you know, do you get emails from real-life superheroes looking for attention or, or people who are interested in the movement, like checking in with you first? Oh, yeah, all the time, all the time. I'll get a message, you know, hey, I'm from Tennessee. Do you know of any real-life superheroes here? Or, um, you know, media will still contact me sometimes. Um, or, yeah, uh, I get emails probably every week from various people uh, trying to find out some sort of information. And if I can give it to them, I do. But, um, yeah, and I... I used to run a blog, heroesinthenight.blogspot.com, which uh, still has tons of old stuff on it. I don't really have time to do that anymore, but I still maintain a Heroes in the Night Facebook page okay. where I repost any sort of news that I see that has to do with real-life superheroes or anything like kind of close to the concept. You know, yeah. I'll, um, I'll just share, share links or... You know, share a couple sentences of news that I hear, stuff like that. So, well, and I, I'm looking at here's a night blog spot, and I've uh, been reading it, researching uh, before I interviewed you. And uh, besides the stuff from Phoenix Jones, which you know you have some great picks there, I really enjoy the post about what actors would play these superheroes in in the story of their lives. Uh -huh. And so it starts out with you. Uh -huh. With Bruce Campbell playing you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And oh, yeah, that was fun. And so uh, Bruce Campbell, he's he's going to be at the Comic Con in Madison this weekend, and he's always fun. I've I've been berated by him several times, and he's he's great at those things. Um, for for Watchmen from Milwaukee, you had Matt Damon originally, crossed it out, and picked Val Kilmer. Any reason? <laughs> any reason you dropped? The hot actor for the guy who hasn't had a hit since 2000? Oh, well, you know, I just thought, uh, I think of him as being one of the, you know, he got to play Batman in a movie. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know, I just, uh, I didn't put much thought into it. I just kind of made a list of people I wanted to think of actors for, and then, like, the first thing that popped in my head, I was like, go with it. Right, and, and no, for some reason, I was like, Val Kilmer, he'd, he'd be a good watchman. 
that's that's great. And you know, you pick up like Razorhawk from Minneapolis. You pick the Rock. Um, Geist from Rochester. Nicholas Cage, who played the memorable real life superhero Big Daddy in Kick Ass. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like the deep cut for Thanatos. <laughs> and you, you go into Keith Carradine. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be great, actually. For for older, you know, for more seasoned actors, you take Keith Carradine. For those of you who might not be completely familiar with them, he was on, he was on Dexter. He played the FBI guy Frank on Dexter, and he was also uh, Wild Bill on Deadwood. Right. If I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, so Keith Carradine. So that's a good one. So now I picture Thanatos. I mean, you give him, he's got that dark uh, Rorschach look. And I pictured him as like a gaunt, gray figure is what Keith Carradine brings out in the imagery, imagery from that. Yeah, he'd be perfect. And Phoenix Jones, you have him. Uh, we'll put a picture of him in the blog, in the, our blog post in the show notes. And we'll link to this in the show notes too. Uh, Phoenix Jones, you have it's himself. Yeah, I don't think that there's anyone else uh, that, that could do it, the role justice. Really. <laughs> And even the name is great too, Phoenix Jones. Like that's a that's an awesome superhero. Like he doesn't need anything special for that. So, no, that that's great. And uh, we'll definitely put a link to the Heroes in the Night blogspot site. So, you know your superhero stuff and the real life superhero movement. You're still working with that a bit by you know doing these panels and everything. But uh, you all your interests also go to other places in the paranormal. Yeah. And uh, I just thought you know we could wrap up and talk a little bit about some of your other works and other interests in the paranormal, and we'd love to get you on again when we get close to uh, the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference, which is on June sixth. Yes. And so, where's that going to take place? In, um, I mean, in Milwaukee, but where in Milwaukee is it going to take place? Um, yeah, it's a, a one-day event. It's going to take place June sixth from uh, noon until about 7 o'clock, and there'll be after-party type stuff, too. But uh, the, main, the main event there is at the Irish Cultural and Heritage Center, which is um, downtown. It's very close to the Marquette campus, um, Wisconsin and 20th or 21st, I think. And uh, it's, it, the, the Irish Center there, it's, it's housed in a beautiful old church, um, and uh, we're going to be having speakers in the main room there, and they also have a big room with a pub in it in the basement. Oh. And we'll be having uh, some more speakers down there, and we also have a large back room where we'll be having, like, a vending hall. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's free. It's open to the public, uh, and there'll be about... 12 to 14 speakers and panels going on throughout the day. And it's, it's going to be, no, it's going to be very unique. Uh, we're going to be there. My sister, Allison Jorlin and Milwaukee ghosts are going to be there. Obviously she's all, you know, she's all over it like white on rice. And yeah, uh, she, uh, she's going to be giving a, a, a talk at the event too. So uh, we'll definitely get more in depth on that when we get closer to the date. But uh, what other, you know, what other kind of paranormal themed works or articles have you been working on and that, you know, are kind of developing now? Well, uh, the reason I was inspired to do this conference is um, when I was finishing up Heroes in the Night, my publisher said, uh, we like it. What do you want to do next? Which is a good thing to hear. Right. And, 
<clears throat> and uh, I kicked around a couple ideas, and one that we all liked was uh, me doing kind of the same thing, except real-life superheroes. I would be traveling around and, and hanging out with paranormal investigators, um, different types of paranormal investigators. And, and that's an interest I've had, you know, since I was a kid. So I spent uh, a little over a year hanging out with ghost hunters and haunted houses and looking for Bigfoot and going to UFO conventions and all that fun stuff. And I put that together in a book that's titled Monster Hunters, On the Trail with Ghost Hunters, Bigfooters, UFOlogists, and other paranormal investigators. Ah. And it's a, it's a book that's a little bit more about like the, the people and the type of people that get involved with that sort of thing and my adventures hanging out with them. Well, we, we just did an episode on El Chupacabra. Did you, did you hunt that little guy down at all? Um, yeah, actually, there is uh, a chapter where I talk about Chupacabras. And um, in that chapter, I kind of focus on a skeptic, actually, who investigated that case. And so that chapter is, it talks about chupacabras, but it's a little bit more about skepticism than anything else. Sure. Well, that, you know, at the end of our episode on El Chupacabra, that's kind of where we ended up, too, more on the skeptical side than the believer side, thinking that it probably was mangy, you know, mangy coyotes. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it, it sure is a, an interesting history, especially because... Um, it's a creature of, of really of the modern age. It's the first cryptid of the uh, of the of the of the internet age. Yeah. And yeah. and so uh, that's one thing. So we'll definitely have to talk about monsters sometime and link to that. You can get all these books on Amazon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. That's where I picked up my copy of Heroes in the Night Inside the Real Life Superhero Movement, and I recommend everybody picks that one up, um, especially. If you if you're from the Midwest, you're going to find a lot of cool stuff about uh, different groups in the Midwest, and, it, and it's fun to see. And um, in the different cities you visit too, like Seattle, Vancouver, and Brooklyn, and San Diego, and everything. Um, I think uh, it, it really gives an interesting, a fair and balanced picture of what these guys are doing. So I uh, just recommend everybody pick that up. And so you know, T, for for more on you and more on the conference. Uh, where should people go? Sure. Uh, we do have a website for the conference. It's milwaukeeparacon.com. Um, and there you can find the full listing of the speakers and information on the vendors and everything else. And my uh, personal site is just my name, tkrulos.com. And uh, I kind of just update on various stuff that I'm working on on that site. So uh, if you... If you can't spell it out, then we'll put it right in the show notes and you guys can click on there and you can check out his site and his books and all the cool stuff he's doing. Well, I want to thank you very much for uh, joining us today, T. We really had a good time and um, good luck with everything. And we'd love to talk to you again soon about some of the other great topics that you're pursuing and, and the exciting things that you're writing about. That sounds great. Thanks so much for having me. All right, T. I hope you have a great day. Uh, break a leg at the Comic-Con and we'll see you soon. Okay, cool. Today's featured song, inspired by this episode, is a salute to the heroes out there. 
working hard for us. And hopefully this one will get you up and running and maybe even get you to, to go and save the day yourself. Here's the song, Real Life Superheroes. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side.